You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And we are the Broadway Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Broadway Husbands. Husbands. And make sure to check out the Broadway Podcast Network. We are proud members of BPN. Go to bpn.fm forward slash husbands to check out all of our episodes plus an amazing array of other Broadway-themed podcasts. All right, here we are. We have special guests today. Yes, we do. Um, two artists in their own right. We're going to get into all that they do. We have special guests today, Jared Reinfeld and Sam Light. Hi, guys. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. We said your names right, didn't we? Yes, you did. Nailed it. Perfect. Nailed it. Because um, I, I automatically want to say lightning. I just It's just become a thing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's better than leached name, right? That I get sometimes. <laughs> no, light, gross. Light. Yeah, light. it's gross. <laughs> well, we've been following you guys on Instagram for a while and just love your content and um, and everything you guys do. You're so you're such an open book and it's so beautiful to watch young love and yeah. um, and also how you both are creating such a beautiful uh you know, business and, and life for yourselves in New York city. So we thought it would be awesome to have you come on the podcast and just dig into everything you do. So before we do all of that, um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, Jared, or, you know, what's really fun. Sometimes our guests will be like, we'll introduce each Sam, other. why don't you tell us about Jared and Jared, Jared. you tell us about yeah. Sam. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I live for it, that. Yeah. Okay, do it. Do you want me to go first or do you want you to go, can first? go first? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So this is my boyfriend, Sam. Um, Sam was born in Wisconsin and then went to school in at Boston. Nope, at Baldwin Wallace. I always almost say that wrong. Um, in the middle of America somewhere. Yeah, in Cleveland. In Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Um, and then moved to New York City and was going to be a producer and a director. And then did that for a time and then decided he did in fact want to perform um and then 
did some shows and went on tour and then was on Broadway and then Broadway shut down and we are here. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. That was quick. Yeah. I think it was quick and fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jared was actually also born in Wisconsin, but he traveled around when he when he was uh, growing up. He was in Seattle for a while and then they eventually moved to Tennessee. Um, and he went to school at BC, Boston College, and did not go like this stereotypical like acting school route. He got a psychology degree and <laughs> and uh, then did a lot of theater in Boston before deciding that um, it was time to move to New York. And then in the past year has been or I guess. Huh. God, it's really been like the past two years now because we've been in a pandemic for a year now. Um, but he made his off-Broadway debut. He's been on shows like The Flight Attendant and another show that I'm not sure if I can really say. So yeah, all really fun stuff. Yep. And then we met when I moved to New York and Sam left for tour. So that was, we just missed each other, but it all worked out. Yeah. Wait, you met when you moved to New York and then he went on tour. So we met on Instagram when Jared was still living in Boston and I was living in New York. And then it, when Jared would come to New York for auditions, we went on like three dates, uh, but it wasn't really the best time for either of us. And when Jared decided to move to New York, that was when my tour left. So I like left like January 3rd and he moved like January 1st. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just missed so when you yeah. met on Instagram, who slid into whose DMs first? Oh, me. Oh, there's, okay. a, there's an infamous picture on Jared's Instagram that is just irresistible to everyone. So, so um, that was the picture that really started it all. Yeah. But I was weird because, you know, did, did y'all move right to New York right after, or did you go to school in New York? What was that situation like? I went, I went to college in New York, but Stephen... Yeah, I went to... I, I moved to New York uh, in middle school, so I've been oh, wow. in the city... He went to ballet school yeah. in Lincoln oh, Center. Wow. Yeah, uh, right. So, yeah, I was, I've, I've been there for a long time. Yeah, he went to, like... He has like, great stories about going to school with, like, Macaulay Culkin and, like, nice. you know, all these people that he grew up with in, in high school, middle school, and, yeah. and I was in Orange, Texas, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were from Wisconsin, so like, yeah, we get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like testing out New York, you know what I mean? Like you go for an audition and you're like, I don't know if I can really live here, but this is where all the work is. Um, and then when I was in town, we'd like tack on a lunch date or like a breakfast date. And then I'd drive back to Boston. So it was like a dumb thing that we did for a bit. And then when I'm I curious, finally moved. Yeah, go for it. Why, why was New York more intimidating than Boston? I think Boston is just so much easier to get like high quality equity work and also TV and film work, you know, um, and there are like probably six great regional theaters in the Northeast. Um, and you could get like an audition for all of them, even if you were non equity and they paid well and you would get a call back. Whereas in New York, you're like, oh my God, like there's it's in my pool of people that I'm competing against isn't, you know, 50 people, it's like 500. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I was um, ready to make that jump because I knew it was going to be a much bigger. You know, so when did you, just, just for people listening who are maybe thinking like, I want to do this. When did you make the decision? Like, I'm ready. Sure. Yeah. So I was pretty confident after school that I was going to have my equity card, have a resume with um, 
a good variety of theater and some leading roles on it and then um also do some tv and film before i moved because i kind yeah. of wanted agents in new york to be like oh this is a no-brainer for us you right know? yep because i've done the like drive from boston at two in the morning get in line at four it was just a dumb thing to do but you know i was like i don't want to wait in line this sucks um so that's what i always tell people is, is wait until you're like an obvious choice but to your credit honestly like when you did move here it was not a hard thing for you to get an agent then because of that resume that you had yeah, built. because you have a resume right. yeah right. Yeah. right makes total sense and so then you moved to the city and then and then Sam was like, oh, bye, I'm going on tour. At, at that was, point, like, were you just, like, dating or, like, what? No, we weren't. Not at all. No. We were just, like, checking in, like, how's your Thanksgiving? How's your Christmas? Um, but then, weirdly, his tour came back and did a week at the Beacon, which, like, tours don't do. That's the only mm -hmm. one I know that. Yeah, it was very, very unique. I don't know really why it happened, um, but well, it did. But they, like, sold out the Beacon, and he was like, oh, I'm going to be at... Uh, you know the show and i was like oh i'll come see it i have read these books and i like and it was like me and four thousand like super Kids. fans of this show <laughs> and i was like this is nuts um yeah. but then we like went on four dates that week while he was in town mm -hmm. um and it has been hooked ever since nice yeah i i can't believe i was just saying to brett before the interview because i saw the lightning thief on broadway and I guess I saw it in October or November of 2019. And that was really, you know, just a little over a year ago. And it's crazy to think all that has happened in that time. But, you know, I'd like to go back a little further and I'd like to hear a little bit about your journey with the tour and how that happened and how they decided. Yeah, I'm so curious about it too, because knowing theater works, um, like, did you, did you start like, oh, I'm going to do this little theater works tour or, or was it always bigger than that? Really interesting question. I had known about the show because Chris McCarroll, who played Percy, um, we went to the same school and I actually lived with him my first like six months in New York. Um, so he's a good friend of mine. And when my agent sent me in for it, I did know, I mean, I knew that it was an equity tour. So I knew that that was not something that TheaterWorks not necessarily did very often. Uh, but I also knew that it was only like eight actors and that Chris was doing it. And so it was going to be like, you know, something that would be like a good, a good thing on the resume and like whatever. Um, but I, I, I didn't know exactly what having theater works attached to it meant. And it ended up being like kind of one of the best things for us. I think like theater works was really using this tour as an opportunity to show that they could do equity tours and they could like put these types of shows on the road. Um, and I think that it was very surprising how well it went. And I think it has everything to do with how strong like the fan base was for the show, because it's just like wild how loud the audiences would be and like how like, you know, when we'd be on tour so often they would say like, well, we never use our stage door. Like people don't usually like come to the stage door to like say hi or anything like that. So we don't even have anything in place to like blockade it off or like, you know, whatever. Um, and every single place that we went to, it was just crazy with like kids who absolutely loved the show, which was really cool to see because I don't think that we were like trying to like 
act like we were Hamilton. You know what I mean? It was like very much just like the kids loved it. We had a lot of fun doing it. And like, that was great. You know, Stephen wanted to know like about that journey to, to Broadway with, with lightning thief. What was it? Was it expected? Or was it sort of yeah. like, <laughs> no, you know, no. Right? Were you like, no. oh, I guess oh, I'm on Broadway now. Broadway. No, right. Exactly. And exactly. Like it was not expected at all. We were in Boston playing a two week stint at the Huntington. That was like the end of our tour. And we had zero murmur of this. Like there was absolutely no talk about extending or playing in New York and like they for a while at the beginning of tour we're talking about trying to bring it to the little Schubert off Broadway again um but we had no talks at all about it going to Broadway and Jared and I were in Newport for a day off and our producer called me and I didn't answer the phone. <laughs> so we were having like a great day on the beach. We were like eating ice cream and he's like, I'll call her back. And I was like, I think actually you should pick that up. Like I, I you should call your producer. It your was three show. days before we closed. And I was like, she's probably just saying like, thank you or something, you know, like, like, thanks for doing the tour and like not being horrible, <laughs> you know? Like, and uh, so then I called her back and she's like, the Schubert's, contacted us they have an opening for like the holiday engagement slot um and so we're going to broadway and i was like that is amazing <laughs> extremely unexpected but great um and it ended up just kind of being like perfect place at the perfect time you know amazing oh yeah. god i love when that happens that's such a good Honestly. feeling <laughs> at least yeah. they, at least they were calling and saying you're going to broadway it just made me it reminded me of the time we went to my brother's oh. wedding and the general manager of Billy Elliot had called and I was about to call out sick one of the days because I couldn't get the day anyways. And I didn't answer the phone. And then I heard the message and it was like, we just wanted to tell you that the show is closing. And <laughs> anyways, it was like the opposite. I know. I know. I know. I I had to go down to my brother's wedding and be his best man. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm losing my job. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, Steven, was Seth the director of your tour? Seth Sparhan? Um He did the Broadway. You no, know, I did the Broadway, but I know him from Phantom. From Phantom. From Phantom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know I know Seth. How do you know Seth? Seth, when I was doing my like year stint in producing and directing and stuff, Seth was my mentor. Oh, he's, my awesome. he's, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 He was the assistant stage manager on my first Broadway show, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Amazing. Isn't that hilarious? Yes. <laughs> and now he's like Mr. Boss Man. So. Yeah, he really is. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So did you start just like working out constantly on tour? Like what was your fitness journey and how did you start making this great business that you know? Yeah, I, we have, I want to so dig into all yeah, of that. So many so. Questions. Yeah, it really started off um, in college thinking that I needed to look very buff in order to do this, you know, in order to do Broadway, in order to do acting. Yeah, I had to look like Charlie in order to... <laughs> I mean, I, I usually say like Zac Efron, but Charlie Williams is like perfect. It's like yeah. very, the imagery is perfect. Remember, yeah. When Charlie came around, I remember everybody being like, oh my God, I have to be in like amazing shape. I'm like, yeah. Or, or not. It's okay. Or not. You know? <laughs> um, and so in college, I started doing CrossFit and I kind of fell in love with it because I'd, I had always done sports in high school and stuff. Uh, but it was a lot of exercise because you know in theater school you do so much dance you do and then we were doing this crossfit stuff on top of it uh, and then when i moved to the city i found like my best friends were my people who i worked out with so that was like again that first year of just like lots and lots of exercise and that just being kind of like my outlet for friends but then um for like stress management and like everything like that and I started doing personal training and really that was kind of what led me to getting back into performing. I think for a long time, I had a hard time walking into the audition room and saying like, and not being super needy about it, you know, like being like, I'm walking into this audition and I want it so bad. And I know you can tell, but like, I don't, <laughs> but like, please give me this job. And when I started doing personal training, it turned into when I walked into the room, I would say like, I would love this job, but I don't need this job because I love what I'm doing. Um, and that was when I booked Lightning Thief. So, you know, and then from there, I had the opportunity on Lightning Thief to like really start honing the personal training and the exercise, like kind of craft and mm -hmm. start creating my own program and uh, go from there, which turned out to be a good thing with Broadway shutting down. So, <laughs> yeah, good timing, right? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm curious about starting and and Jared too. You you have uh, you just celebrated your birthday. I did. Yes. Happy happy birthday. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And I saw that you were raising money for something called Comfort Cases. Yeah. Talk about that. Sure. Yeah. So it's a um a foundation. My mom works as a development director for kind of a for a lack of a better term like a clearinghouse that helps direct money towards different organizations that help foster care kids um it's a really fractured system in our country and obviously like a, a huge problem um so she was telling me about this organization called comfort cases which was founded by um a gay dad and his husband and there i think he has three children possibly two um, but he was once a foster kid and you know a lot of times when you are removed from the house and brought into foster care they give you a, a trash bag to pack up your belongings because they just don't have bags like they don't have backpacks they don't have duffel bags and he was devastated by that and then years later when he you know was married and looking to adopt kids of his own he realized that they were still giving out trash bags to help these kids pack up so he um, founded this organization called comfort cases and basically their mission is to provide um, backpacks or duffel bags to these kids to make that transition into foster care you know 
more dignified and less of like a, a panicked situation um, and to give any care that you could in that really tough situation. Um, a lot of times they will put supplies in there, like a new pair of pajamas, you know, toiletries, a stuffed animal, um, you know, because these kids are sometimes toddlers that they give a trash bag. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, so I just like that the organization was um, obviously founded by a cute couple of gay dads and their family, and uh, I love that. And uh, it's a really easy, um, really understandable, really direct fix to a really clear problem. I love that. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes for people to check that out. Yeah, comfort cases for sure. Comfort cases. So, so you're both now in this. Um, well, actually, I'm very curious because you're you you both moved grew up in Wisconsin slash Tennessee. Tell a little bit about your your coming out stories because I think that you know for us we're a little bit older than you, um, <laughs> yeah. but coming out was. I think a lot harder um, back when we grew up than it is now. I wonder, I'm curious what it's like for you guys having come out and especially to be such a public relationship at this point with your social media. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that coming out for me was very easy. Like I was very lucky to just be in a family that everyone was so supportive and then go to music theater school that everyone was so supportive, you know? Um, I also think that we've been really lucky with not having too many trolls online about our relationship. Uh, it was really interesting when Reels first came out on Instagram. There, we had never gotten so much like, you guys are like gay is a sin, like all, you know, like all that like bullshit. And it was, I think it's because like, the filter bubbles hadn't been created yet for reels. And I think people who follow us just like are people who are allies. So we don't like really have that many problems with that. And that's like one good part about social media is that it seems like we've kind of like been protected in a weird way, which is great. Um, but I, it's hard to say if like our society's becoming better about that, because I think we are, or if it's all like, the filter bubbles and like social media and whatever, you know? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you came out at the end of high school, right? When I was 18. Yeah. Famously at his graduation party. Yeah. Famously. <laughs> Lives for the drama. Did you just stand up in front of the party and say, hello? <laughs> no, I didn't actually come out to everyone then. I just came out to my family then. So like at the end of the party, when everyone left, I told my sisters. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't like... <laughs> it's still quite a day for that, I say. <laughs> Um, and I didn't really come out. I like never made like an announcement. Um, I, I'm hoping eventually it's not something we have to do. You know, we're not prescribing sexuality or, or gender or anything onto people. Um, so I was like, no, I'm, I'm dating a guy now. And I told my parents and they were great and fine with it. But, um, and that was in college, junior year of college, I think. Um, but it's interesting because I think when we were in high school, there was like, I didn't personally know any gay people at all. And then like media representation was maybe the people on Glee. And I think that was it. Yeah, right? it was like Kurt Hummel on Glee. That was it. Which is, and now like 10 years later or whatever, more and more, um, the media representation is so much more prevalent. And there's obviously couples on Instagram and there's so much more in TV and film. Um, that it seems like it is getting easier and easier for 
kids to see themselves um, represented and, you know, whereas when I was growing up, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know what, what gay is necessarily because we had nothing. Yeah. Um, so I guess it took a while to kind of imagine for myself. Right. I, it is interesting. We were just talking about there has been there was a lot of backlash this week. How SNL is like still using like two guys kissing as like the punchline of their jokes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, OK, yeah, this we definitely still have more conversations to have and like uh, more work to do. But it has gotten so much better. Right. SNL just, you know. Yeah. Haven't figured it out yet. I'll catch up. I'll get there. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so with the pandemic, um, and I know, um, you know, Sam, you've got your your personal training business, but also Jared, you are creating and writing. So, talk about what you guys are working on and what your sort of vision is for what you're working on right now. Sure. Do you want? I can go first. Yeah. So I was. Um, I'm not a great self-starter. So the pandemic was a tough moment for me because I think the first three months of the 2020 was like astounding. Like I was, it it was, it had gone better than any years previously for me. And I was like, this is amazing. I could do this forever. And then it just stopped. So I played a lot of video games and I read a lot of books and I laid around for (laughs) months. And Sam would always be like, you know, you have a lot of ideas that you talk to me about. Write some of this down and maybe make something of it. And I was like, no, it's going to come back. I don't want to be wrapped up in something. Um, And it was actually really good advice. Yeah, claim it. It was good advice. Sure. I mean, like hindsight 2020, right? (laughs) Right, right. You know, like. (laughs) It didn't come back. Um, So I've just been working on developing um, some ideas for some some concerts and some musical ideas that I've been tossing around and a a TV pilot that I would really like to see um, happen. it's funny, you work in TV and film, and I audition for things, and I'm like, I don't understand why the gay coming out story is still kind of the main story that we tell about gay people. Um, so I'm hoping that some of the stuff that I'm writing or creating or working with people on is, you know, what happens after that? You know, I love love Simon, love Victor is great. We still need that because it's still such a scary time for people. But like, what about three months later, when they're dating people or mm-hmm. like them coming out is not a question or, you know, it's not, are they, or are they gay? It's just like, Oh, they're gay. And like, what's happening? Um, which is still weird. We don't have, I can't think of a single show on TV where they're just hanging out as a gay person. We were talking about like oh. looking is like one of the only ones that we could think of. I gotta say yeah. there was a TV, there was a we Christmas, cool. no, there was a Christmas movie that came out on the, on, uh, it was Lifetime. It was Lifetime. And, you know, one of those Christmas movies. Yes. But it was with Fran Drescher. Did you see this? We didn't, but there... Um, the other one. There was, we watched the other <laughs> game. There was another Dashing in December. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the other one that on Lifetime, it was, it was actually, it was a real married couple in life. Yeah. That, and and it, was, it wasn't it was about them being gay. It, just, it was a love story. Yeah, it was, and it was like, like a typical... So encouraging romantic. to see... So I think it's such a good idea because I don't think there's enough of that and um, in the mainstream. And I do think, and tell me if you agree or not, but I feel like what we observed, especially over the last year, is that the lesbian story is much more prevalent and much, much easier for people to digest for some reason in a way that, that is, there's no, that I feel like there's more movies around lesbian couples falling in love than there are 
gay male male couples that are struggling who are struggling with identity or whatever. I think it's right. interesting because one of my best friends who is actually on tour with me, we watched the lesbian Christmas movie with Chris, Kristen Stewart, right? Yes. And I was asking her what she thought about it. And you may be correct that there are more like lesbian coming out stories than there are gay coming out stories. But she had the same issue with that as Jared does, uh, right? Mm-hmm. In that like, it's another coming out story like why does it always have to be like oh i don't know what my family's gonna be and like (laughs) now i'm gonna treat you like shit and like you know like it it, so i think it's interesting because maybe that is correct but i think that they are also wanting for the same kind of just like yeah wait can you just like tell like the story after you know right can we can we do that like are we there yet and you know it makes me also think um back to like when we were growing up And I think some of my own struggles with coming to terms with my sexuality is that the only way we were told stories about gay people was that they were dying of AIDS. So, you know, I guess that transition, uh, you know, I guess it's good that now we're just telling stories about people coming out. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that was like a huge part of the gay identity for so long and and, and for good reason, obviously. But um, that was the only story was the tragic one. Right. So, yeah. um, so now maybe we can get to the more life stuff. That would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really smart, Jared. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be fun. And then Sam, what are you hoping to do with lightning fitness? Yeah, I, it's still a little unknown to me of the direction that it's going to go. Like, right now we're an online fitness community and that's been amazing. It's hard to know if people are going to want to continue doing that after the pandemic is over. And I'm fully prepared to kind of like go however the community wants to go. Right. Um, I think that when I was doing directing and producing stuff, people said that I had to choose to do that or acting. Uh, So I made the decision to do acting. I think when I was acting, people said that I had to choose between acting and fitness. And I didn't actually ever have the chance to really have to make that decision. Uh, and now I've kind of realized that I will not make that decision. I think it's it just because some people think that there's only one path to a career does not mean that I have to adhere to that. So um, I'm really excited to be able to continue doing this sustainable health community that has been so amazing and has been able to um, cultivate such a great mindset toward wellness and health, um, and be able to do a movie and be able to do Broadway and, you know, be able to do both of those, because I do think that they inform each other, uh, in really important ways and doing one will make me better at the other. So that is I agree. What I'm, I, what I'm hoping to see. <laughs> I, I feel like that mentality of you got to choose one path is 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 a generational thing. I think that's old school. I don't know yeah. that it's true anymore. What do you? I mean, I've had people say that to me too because at one point, you know, I was producing and creating and doing things, and someone said, "You need to make a decision if you want to. You have to stop acting if you want to do that." And yeah. I was like, "Why? Why? I don't why? see why that." Yeah, and I was constantly telling you like just keep doing all of the things you're doing like there's no reason if you want to stay 
stress-free maybe yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think i think what it is maybe is that there's a you know most people can't imagine that you could have an understanding of the two spheres or all the spheres they don't understand how you could keep all the plates spinning yeah i was thinking while you're talking about um the woman who directed promising young woman women um emerald fennel Farrell yeah. is her name she's um, interested yeah I love, we saw a talk, movie. We, the movie's amazing we saw a talk back afterwards the Kate oh, Mulligan yeah, movie yeah it was so good she, so she wrote and directed that movie she acted yeah. on the crown and then she was a writer on killing eve and you're like well she's doing three things at the absolute top of her game so why are we questioning this yeah. clearly yeah, you can work yeah. in multiple mediums i think it's a generational thing and i definitely think it's like there's some there's just the people who have been doing it for a long time mm-hmm. maybe felt like they needed to make that decision and i just don't think you have to make that decision anymore i think go for what you want and and see what happens and yeah yeah and i see you doing that i'm very curious sam with all the con because you you're very consistent with creating content are you doing all of that yourself are you editing yourself or you have a team now oh no i i have a team and it's the best thing i ever did was like not decide not to learn how to edit um because I feel like that would be my entire life, right? If I didn't outsource it from the beginning and I just happen to have found an editor who's amazing and we get along so well. Um, and I've just, I've just tried to stay as consistent as possible. Like it's a slow burn, especially like working on YouTube stuff and working on uh, the business. Like it's just like a slow burn, but trying to like not burn out and keep on moving forward, you know? Yeah, but it does make it that like when I get an audition and I'm doing a self tape, I'm kind of like, I, I don't need this. Like, so I can like let my guard down and just be weird. Like, and that that is my best work, like without a doubt, when I take the pressure off of it and I'm just like, let's just do it. Like I, I've thought about mm-hmm. it obviously, but like I, I don't need this job. I'm doing other things and that actually has really worked for me. So, yeah. Yeah. As somebody who. You know, I have my co- my life coaching business, and I'd always had it. I think similar to you, it always been this side hustle to my yeah. acting. And then, and and there were people in the industry who would, I mean, not to me, but there was this feeling of like, oh, you're like acting is kind of not that as important because you have this other thing. Yeah. But then when the shutdown happened in March, those people were like, wait how did you do this? <laughs> Wait, you had a business. Like, it's like, yeah, this is, I mean, I was so lucky to have had that and build that. And I think that pe- people are now seeing really the benefit of having something that you love that serves people and can make you additional income. Um, and they're seeing that, that why that was important. I think this is, I think this time is going to change the way people approach the mm-hmm. industry. God, I hope so. I think, you know, like theater programs, music theater programs, acting programs, think of themselves as being so unbelievably self-important. And if they were really doing their jobs, they would be telling their students that you should be studying something here that is not going to be like your survival job. You know, like it's like, that you can actually do in tandem with acting 
to make acting a survivable career for you. Stop pretending that you have so much stuff that you need to teach us in four years that you, we don't have time to be able to study other things. It is, oh gosh, I mean, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> what, so this is um, something a little bit more personal. Since um, the shutdown, <clears throat> excuse me, in quarantine, um, you said you went to Wisconsin for four or five months together. And so you guys have been in close quarters, right? This whole time and kind of inseparable, I'm kind of guessing there. What is one thing you've learned about each other that you didn't know before that you really like? Oh, that you really like. Oh, good. You really like. You really like. keep it positive. <laughs> yeah, we love that. Well, yeah, because we were, I was at Sam's studio and we got coronavirus. So then we were stuck there for like a month. And then we were in this, um, little cottage in Wisconsin all summer and so we actually ended up moving in together because of this and we've been together ever since yeah um so what is one thing we've learned about each other that's positive I mean the first thing that comes to mind is that I, I really thought I was a clean person but you know then I when Jared and I moved in together that was like a whole different ballgame so I'm sorry that I'm not as clean as you no I just like it to look like a magazine because it is soothing <laughs> to me so everything is in its place and like square to the tape you know it's nice you know what i have a new answer okay i actually yeah. my new answer is that i didn't know before we moved in just how brilliant jared's eye is for interior design and this like that has become one of his side hustles and it, just because for years he's been like bookmarking everything that he likes and like has been doing so much research just because he enjoys it and so he has created our apartment and it looks truly so beautiful so that is something that i didn't know that i absolutely love that's so sweet yeah you're welcome i would say um especially given that we're stuck inside and sad about it um i think i knew that you were a good listener and like a good person to talk to when i'm feeling down but like obviously you've not been able to escape me feeling down for the past year so i think i learned even how much more of a good listener and like someone to come to with problems that you are um, yeah. Thanks, Bob. You're so welcome. Sweet. That is very sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah. That's all right. Well, we are going to move on to a segment that we call Spotlight on Love. <laughs> now, this week we had an anonymous person write in, and this question really isn't about love. We were kind of already talking about but this, so this will be about it, interesting. Yeah. Um, they wrote in, I want to go to college for musical theater, but now because of the pandemic and Broadway still being shut down, I'm second guessing it. What can I do with a musical theater degree if there is no musical theater? Mm -hmm. That is such a tricky question. <laughs> they want to go to college. They're not in college right now. That's what it says. Yeah. yeah. Um, My first thought is that you do not need a musical theater degree to do musical theater or theater. Um, I don't have one. You do. Yeah. You don't, which one? Yeah, you don't have one either, I right. No. Um, I think, I mean, mine is in psychology, but you can get the acting training that you need, which you should do, and you can get the singing training that you need if, if you want and the dancing training, although, you, you know, get on that if you're a senior for sure um, but especially since um film and tv is still happening i would say you know 
musical theater is going to be there at some point, but like other forms of acting are happening right now. That would be my advice, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I just think it's so hard to know what will be important now versus what will be important in five years. I remember when I was auditioning for music theater schools, there was so much emphasis on showcase. Like, is your showcase going to be attended and will you be able to get an agent from that? Um, and it didn't have very much emphasis on the training at all. Um, it didn't have much, it definitely did have emphasis on like who were the grads and like that kind of thing. It all just seems very arbitrary to me. And now it's funny because I'm running a business and I'm like, gosh, why didn't I get a business degree? Right. Mm. And I think that so many music theater majors should have gotten a business degree because I think that actors have a really hard time branding themselves and have a really hard time with the business side of it. Um, but as much as actors should be getting a business degree, business people should be getting acting degrees. So it's really like in a perfect world, you'd be getting both and you'd be in a program that like understands the benefits of both. Mm -hmm. um, and that just hasn't, in to my knowledge, been created yet. So maybe my advice is to take a little bit less stock in that, like, who are the grads? What is the showcase like? And really, really try and emphasize picking a program based on, you know, how well rounded it is. Mm. Yeah. That's great. That Both of you gave such good advice. I don't even know what to say. I would say, I mean, you made me think um, because I, I don't have, I don't even have a degree. I mean, I went to college for a little bit at one point in my life and then that was it. Um, so I would say, you know, just keep training if that's what you want to do, like singing, dancing and acting and, you know, and looking out for auditions and, you know, something will open up or maybe you'll book something that way, but then maybe pursue something else um, that you have interest in so that you can be a more well-rounded person and have a, just have more opportunity, right? And not be just so zeroed in on one thing like we've been talking about. I mean, I, I mean, there's there's a lot here. Like Sam, I, I mean, I, we both taught at colleges recently and and my experience of working in academia and even, I mean, I went to four-year college, but having worked in the industry and then gone back to teach, I just realized how um, that, that sort of product-oriented experience of having to measure things in order to quantify spending thousands and thousands of dollars actually I think is a huge disservice to art because art can't be measured that way. And so I think it trains people in a mindset that actually works against them when they leave college because they, they're trying to measure their success the way that you have to measure and quantify your grades. And right. it just doesn't, the industry doesn't work that way. And so in, in my experience, like, I think that if you want to, and, and and let's, and then the other thing is like, let's just be honest, like nothing has changed. Like the industry was always potentially never going to happen or happen depending <laughs> on what, right. It's like, right. And like pandemic or not this, nothing's changed. Like, you know, so if you really want to do this, then you just need to train. You need to get the training. You need to learn all the skills and 
You need to network and build relationships with people authentically. And you need to be exactly where you want to be. And, you know, if there was no pandemic, you would still have to motivate yourself to get the class, motivate yourself to, to make money to spend on acting classes. You'd still have to figure all of that out. So really nothing's changed. If this is what you want, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just briefly piggybacking off of that, we've talked about like so many programs and training things because of the way they're structured, like encourage like this bulletproof vest mentality. Do you know what I mean? Where you are impervious, you're not showing weakness, you're impervious to criticism. And then the professionally people are asking you to show weakness, to show vulnerability, you know, to take off the bulletproof vest. So to this person when they're training, be careful that you don't build a vest so strong that you can't take it off when you need to, because that's what people find fascinating. You know, that's what we see on stage that is human. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I just remember the stakes being so high at college that it felt like it was not a safe place for me to make mistakes, a safe place to learn about acting, a safe place to experiment. because we were expected to be great, right? Like we were, we got into a good program and like, and that was perhaps like the biggest disservice I made to myself Mm. going to the program that was like the most esteemed because it meant that I felt like I couldn't make any choices without them being judged very highly. And like, I needed to live up to the standard of the school. so that right. is, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would do it over and, again, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just have to be in a place where you're willing to fail. And if you're going to go to college, like, just know, like, you're going to college to get a degree, but the training doesn't stop there. It doesn't prep you. It doesn't prep you. It's like, okay, I got my degree. Now I'm going to work, right. you know? So you, you get to decide, like, if I'm going to spend four years and spend money, do I want to get a business degree and then keep training while, I, you know? I, I, that's what I always encourage people. And also I know like people like, you know, we, I, I was in a couple of shows with Tim Federley. Do, do you know who that is? Tim Federley. Yeah. And Steven grew up with him in Pittsburgh. You know, he didn't even finish high school, I'm thinking. And then he's <laughs> now like the showrunner for high school musical, the series on Disney plus, you know? Yeah. So it, 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 he really just went for the training he wanted. He moved to New York, he trained, you can create your own program in right. New York City right. there's so Absolutely. many great places to train and not to like push this even further but like the ages of 18 to 22 for me were not the ages that I was meant to learn like my body was changing so much my voice was not doing anything that I wanted it to do it wasn't <laughs> until I moved to the city until I was like 23 that I could learn anything about acting that I could learn anything about singing because I just wasn't in a place mentally and physically to be able to do that. And that happens. Mm-hmm. And if that happens to you when you're in college, that can be like a really deterring factor mm. when they expect so much of you at that time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's a really good point about Tim Federley. You can make your own program when you're ready for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that was that was awesome. Well, we are so <laughs> happy to have you guys here on the podcast. We're going to put links in the show notes so everyone can come follow you, check out Comfort Cases, Lightning Fitness, um, and um, and thank you so much for thank coming you on for here. Being here. No, thank, thank you, you guys so much. much. Y'all are so lovely. Oh, thank you. 
Thanks to everyone for listening to the Broadway Husbands podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. It would really help us if you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Don't forget to check out Broadway Life Apparel and our new designs that are released every month at BroadwayLifeApparel.com. On this podcast, we encourage you to love you, love. And love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.